Hello, thanks for joining us as we kick off season four of the Main Question podcast. I'm your host, Ron Lisnett. We're excited to have you along for the ride. We've got some great and interesting stories to tell this season about the research and creative achievement happening at UMaine and the difference it's making across our state and beyond. To start off this season, we're taking a look at one of the well-established essential parts of UMaine's mission, which is taking all of that research and getting it out to people who can benefit from that knowledge. UMaine can be a resource and an asset, not just in this state or even in New England, but worldwide. Wouldn't it be cool if our identity became one of, that's, that's a go-to place. We are the connection. We are the boots on the ground across the state. How do we become the people of the state of Maine's Google? If they're going to Google information, we should be the information that comes up. You may recognize the first voice in that soundbite. That's Joan Farini Mundy, president of the University of Maine and the University of Maine at Machias, talking about cooperative extension, the 100-plus-year-old organization that has its roots in agriculture, helping farmers and food producers to use the latest research and produce products. The 4-H program also began around the same time. The second voice you heard was Hannah Carter, Dean of Cooperative Extension. Our conversation touched on some of that history, but it also took a look at today's Cooperative Extension, which goes well beyond agriculture. Robotics, education, family and child development, helping small businesses, helping communities deal with COVID-19, and many other topics. These are just some of the many areas that Cooperative Extension has done work in. We talked about today's cooperative extension and the goal that Hannah Carter touched on, becoming Google for people in Maine, no matter what their issue or question is. A short while ago, the work that UMaine Cooperative Extension does, and specifically the role played by President Farini Mundy, was recognized with the Seaman A. Knapp Award, named for the father of cooperative extension. It recognized her leadership and contributions to food and agricultural sciences. As part of that award, she delivered the Seaman Knapp Memorial Lecture. Her address was entitled Positives in Pandemics, the Increased Need and Importance of Extension During Times of Crisis. Well, thank you both for taking the time to talk about this. Maybe for you, Hannah, let's start with you. The president was named the recipient of the Seaman A. Knapp Award. Who was he and what does this award signify? Thank you so much uh, for this opportunity to talk about Seaman Knapp and again, the importance uh, that he placed on this idea of how do we take knowledge, again, from from our institutions of higher higher education and and learning, and how do we get it out to the people who need it? And so, again, he is often referred to as the father of extension because he really believed, okay, for people to truly learn, it's, it's all about demonstration or what we would call now experiential learning. He really took, again, what was what the research was happening um, on institutions of higher learning and thought about, okay, how do we take it to the people who really need it? Now, what is really interesting is, again, they talk about whether he was also the father of 4-H or not, but he did so a lot of these demonstration projects that he did was, was with boys and girls clubs. Because again, if we can get the youth engaged, a lot of times they're going to be the ones that are are going to help the decision makers to get engaged in the learning process as well. President Farini Monday, I guess it's always nice to get an honor and you get a plaque for the wall and, and such. But beyond that, what does this signify for you? 
Well, Ron, I was delighted to be nominated and then to be chosen to do the lecture and to receive, on behalf of the university, to receive the, the medal for lots of reasons. One, we are a land-grant university, and we have maintained cooperative extension since its earliest days as a pretty vital part to UMaine, which is so focused on the, uh, the relationship of the research that we do, the scientists and engineers who work here, um, and bringing that to the public in Maine, from farmers to engineers to foresters, so that they can then be more productive, make more of a difference in their work. And then there's a reciprocal piece where, as the work goes on, those folks in the field see new problems, new questions, and they can work in collaboration with our with our folks here at UMaine. And for me, cooperative extension is one of the very best examples we have of that, um, that kind of exchange uh, thriving across the state. And we are, um, we are a very strong cooperative extension institution with great um, active involvement in the national movements that, that are related to extension. But it's, uh, it's a way that UMaine fulfills its land-grant mission. Uh, by it, ensuring that we are hearing the needs across the state and um, a- addressing them. And that's very consistent with what Seaman Knapp did in his early work. He was all about bringing the science out, helping the young people learn it, actually. So there's always been, for us, too, this kind of 4-H and focus on, on uh, K-12-age youth. But uh, the chance to give that lecture, to bring the award here to UMaine, is just a great tribute to our history and our strong our decades of work, really, in cooperative extension. Hannah, maybe we can talk uh, perception versus reality. I think a lot of people would think cooperative extension, when they think about it, they think of some agricultural expert helping a farmer or a grower. But what does uh, cooperative extension actually look like here in the 21st century? It's much more than that. It is. And, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off of, of the word thrive um, that the president just mentioned. We we did a, a visioning exercise in the fall of 2019 as an organization. And, and again, trying to get at what does extension look like in the 21st century? Why do we do the things we do? And and I, I love what we came, came up with in that exercise because truly we believe in the potential for a thriving Maine. And that goes beyond, I think, the traditional notions of what people thought what extension was all about. We're all about how do we help individuals, how do we help communities, and whether those are geographic communities or whether they're communities of industry representation or uh, you know, younger communities, older communities, however you want to define that, how do, I, how do we help them thrive? And again, we do that because we are the connection. We are the boots on the ground across the state. We still have 16 county offices. We have four 4-H camps and learning centers. We are on the experimental research farms across the state. And again, how do we connect? How do we connect what your problem is? How do we connect you to the resources sitting here at the University of Maine? How do we connect you with that applied research-based knowledge? And I think that's really important. Again, as we think about 21st century big picture, is 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 how do we how do we become the people of the state of Maine's Google? Like, you know, if they're going to Google information, we should be the information that comes up. And I think that's really critical. And I think that's one of the things that the pandemic showed. I think the other thing that's really critical and what cooperative extension, how it looks different is, again, while we are in every county, we are all we are also the University of Maine. And so to have that University of Maine presence in every county, and as we like to say, the front door of the University of Maine, how do we connect 
whether it's youth, adults, whatever it may be, to the campus. And I think that's really critical to being a 21st century land grant is really maximizing those connections. President Farini, Muddy, you talked about how Collaborative Extension, how you see it fitting into the, the bigger picture of UMaine's mission. There's so much good work going on here, research and outreach. You hate thinking UMaine is the best kept secret in the state of Maine. It seems like Collaborative Extension is basically one of the megaphones that you try to use to get the word out among many. Do you see that as sort of one of the ways to, to really distribute and get right to where it's going to do the most good, all the good work going on here? Oh, absolutely. And as Dean Carter mentioned, we have the, the offices throughout the state, this concept of the kind of the front door of the university with a, a presence for us with extremely uh, strong professional staff working out in those sites, connecting with the community. And the other uh, feature about Cooperative Extension here right now is that it is proving to be a fantastic partner, not only to many organizations outside of the state, uh, but within the university itself. And so the, the presence is not just statewide, it's right here at UMaine as people look to solve problems and come to realize that Cooperative Extension has the knowledge and the orientation really toward being a good partner and helper. And I'll, I'll turn to Dean Carter, if it's okay, to tell you about the partnership that uh, they were able to create with athletics in order to get our testing done, which was just a very amazing thing to watch because everybody rolled up their sleeves and made it happen. I think it's what, again, as we tell positive stories throughout the pandemic, I, I, I think this is absolutely one of my favorites just because one, one of the things we saw was, yes, we, we have all these wonderful connections and, and again, we're here to serve the people of the state of Maine, but how do we serve our own, our own neighbors? How do we serve our own campus? And, and it's one of those things of, you know, athletics, how do, how do we allow athletics to play? Because it's so critically important to just the, the campus and, and to the state to have something positive to rally around. And, and again, it all came down to facilities and people. And we have this wonderful diagnostic and research lab out on Godfrey Drive here in Orono. And we have, we have the capabilities, we have the infrastructure. And again, I think it was just knowing what athletics needed and to say, we'll figure it out. Like we're not, instead of saying, oh, we can't do this or, oh, it's not within our scope. No, it's, we've got, we've got the resources. How do we figure them, figure it out so we can get this done um, both safely and as effectively as possible. And it turned out to be just such a wonderful relationship. Athletics was so open. Our staff in the, in the diagnostic and research lab were so open. And I think we made it work um, really well. We're, uh, we're trying to figure out what our next partnership could be. And I think that's fantastic because you don't often think about university athletics and cooperative extension. Like, you know, the, they're just not two things that are natural partners, but cer certainly it proved to be uh, a wonderful partnership throughout this pandemic. Now, maybe this is a question for, for both of you, but we can't do a podcast or anything else these days without talking about the, the pandemic and COVID-19. Has the pandemic changed the role for Cooperative Extension here at UMaine? You had to pivot a little bit, didn't you? We did. I like to say that we took a 106-year-old organization and within probably 10 days completely upended it. And and I, I think we did so beautifully. Uh, it, you know, traditional extension is all about the in-person, you know, the in-person demonstrations going back to Seaman Knapp. And it's certainly what we are known for is those quality educational 
in-person programs, whether it's on-farm demonstrations or 4-H or our summer camps. And so to have that all taken away and to figure out, okay, how are we going to, number one, meet the needs of our clientele groups, of our stakeholders, of our community members, but not only meet those needs, but but put together high quality education, uh, our our faculty and staff did so magnificently. And, and I, I say this amongst my colleagues across the country, I would put our programming of the University of Maine Cooperative Extension up against any other state program, just as far as the quality um, that was done. I think the other thing when we talk about the pandemic, you know, Extension used to, and, and again, I, I, I know several other Extension organizations across the country, and, and we like to be, oh, woe is us, we're the best kept secret of the university, and nobody nobody appreciates us and whatnot, and, and that is out the window. I mean, and I've told my folks within Extension, I don't ever want to hear you say that anymore because it's not true. We are not the best kept secret anymore. We are We are front and center. We are focused on and and because of that what are we going to do to remain the go-to place for information and i think that's what was important i i mentioned being the google before you know immediately when the world shut down back in march the first thing was kids all these kids are at home what are we going to do you know what i love about the last you know now almost 12 months is we have extension teams that have never worked together but they said, okay, how are we gonna to work together? And so all the kids went home to learn. So how are our 4-H you know, faculty and staff who are really good at, at youth programming gonna partner with our nutrition folks? And they did, and now we have mainly dish Mondays and it's cooking that you can do as a family together. And, and we've got so many stories like that. And what I also really appreciate is people, and we have the analytics to show this, is people came to us to find probably the answer to a question, but they stayed. And they now we have these rabbit holes because, oh, Extension also does this, and oh, I can also learn about that. And so that was fantastic, is they may have come in for one point of entry, but they stayed and, and, they, and they worked with us for multiple points of entry. And, and again, how do we capitalize on that and how do we expand it, you know, once we are past the pandemic as well? President Freeney, Monday, Cooperative Extension certainly had to pivot, and that is among, I don't know, 1,500 different pivots that you've had to, to negotiate this, this last 10 or 11 months, right? Absolutely. But one thing I'll say about Cooperative Extension is they were quick. I mean, they really, they were um, responding to needs in the community, rethinking how they would do their work. We have that kind of commitment to the land-grant mission all across the university, and lots of groups have done phenomenal work, but, but Cooperative Extension was... I think partially because of its reach across the state, they were in direct contact, hearing directly from folks and uh, were able to make change. Um, but I think that's a part of being a land-grant university, or it should be. And I'm very, very pleased with all of the great examples we have that are continuing. Uh, you know, So there was the first pivot, and then there's the pivot away from that pivot to the next thing that's needed as we settle into a different kind of uh, kind of mode right now for for um, how our world is going to be. You know, we've watched other parts of the university partnering first to do production of hand sanitizer and then to do consultation with state manufacturing organizations and companies to help them do whatever they needed to do in order to be a part of providing PPE or helping to develop testing materials. So our, our solutions and um, engagements have ranged from everything from how do you help a craft brewery shift 
to be able to produce hand sanitizer to how do you create the robots that will help a, a testing materials company develop the testing materials that they need at, at big scale. So I just think the examples abound, but in particular, the cooperative extension examples span so many domains. I, I want to just mention the K-12, the, the STEM education work that has always been a hallmark you know, of, of 4-H um, since Seaman Knapp's days, but even, uh, you know, even uh, for us in the present. W the examples are, are fantastic of our 4-H camps and our other education personnel across for uh, extension, being able to think about how to help teachers, how to help kids, how to um, create uh, experiential learning in the Seaman Knapp tradition um, at distance and also how to be outdoors, uh, which is a fundamental piece of, of the philosophy. So it's been remarkable to watch. Now, you mentioned, of course, we all know UMaine is a land grant, but many people may not know as, as well that UMaine is a sea grant and a space grant institution. And, and I know you have a passion for STEM education, and that's very important for you. How does that fit into the big picture here of what we're all trying to do? One thing about being a comprehensive university like we are is that we our programs span all of the all of the academic disciplines, and and uh, although STEM is very important and it happens to be my own background, um, I, I always need to say that without the humanities, without the social sciences, without the creative and performing arts, you know, you don't have a university. You don't have the kind of humanism that's needed to to keep moving forward. So, but with all of that said, um, I do think that being land, sea, and space grant is really special for UMaine because the philosophy of the land grant, which is at the core of all of it, right? This view that that you're, you're a public institution in a state meant to help advance the state uh, and to solve the problems of the state. We can see that now in our sea grant work and in our space grant work. Um, the sea grant particularly, as we look at, for example, the great work going on in um, aquaculture research and development across Maine and, and led by UMaine in so many different ways, um, that's the same philosophy. It's exactly what we see in cooperative extension, uh, trying to help the state's economy, trying to help people who are trying to do new things, uh, helping that grow. And the same with the space. Um, some phenomenal work done, for example, with our um, folks who get NASA funding uh, to work with K-12 schools to help kids be a part of putting um, experiments together that will go up in satellites uh, so that, that we can have a main um, sort of main presence in space in some way uh, based in the university's work as well. So um, all of these come together, and I want to go back to something Hannah said. A lot of this requires partnership across disciplinary boundaries. We're getting ready to, to do our public health and education campaigns around coronavirus vaccination, which will be an activity that we'll undertake. We're an educational institution. And Hannah has just seen the emails that I sent her probably in the last 24 hours, but Cooperative Extension will be a key partner in that work, together with virologists and immunologists who will be part of that work, together with social scientists who understand how you help persuade the public to be engaged in things. So the science is really key, but the interdisciplinarity that it allows is, um, is what helps us be unique. Now, one fundamental thing, of course, is that we all have to eat, right? Cooperative Extension certainly has played a major role in agriculture and food production, and that, I imagine, is going to continue no matter what. You're talking to a, a the daughter of a potato farmer from Aroostook County, Maine. So, yes, uh, agriculture is critically important. And, and honestly, that's that's one of the things that drew me to this position when I came back uh, in 2019 is if you look at the country – 
and you look at agriculture, Maine is Maine Maine is bucking the trend in a lot of different ways. One of which is we're actually increasing the numbers of of people who are coming into the state to get involved in agricultural pursuits because we can still the cost of entry isn't prohibitive to them. And so I think that is fantastic if you think about, you know, folks that are coming, we we want to increase our population here in the state. I think the other thing, again, going back to the pandemic, if we look at agriculture, is is we had a great connection and the opportunity for people to really connect with their local producer, their local farmer. And I think that was critical. And, and we actually have a lot of folks who said, you know, last year was actually one of our best years just because of, again, increased uh, awareness of, of where food comes from and, and wanting to support local food. So what are we going to do as extension? We're going to support that because we look at the future of the state. And I believe the future of the state will be dependent certainly on our heritage industries and, you know, forestry, aquaculture, fisheries, and then um, agriculture as well. And and there's just so much opportunities to increase the capacity that we have here around agricultural production. And, and, I, and again, I think it's going to be extraordinary for Extension to play a role in that. I think it's going to be, but it's going to take us all. It's going to take the university. It's going to take research. Um, and it's going to take Extension, again, to get that knowledge out to the folks that need it. But it's, it's an exciting time to be in agriculture in the state of Maine. Now, I know this was the case for a lot of years, but is it still true that David Handley's How to Grow Raspberries video on YouTube is the most popular cooperative extension video you have. That one went viral, right? Ron, I think it may be one of the most popular videos that the University of Maine has had. Let's go beyond cooperative extension. Okay. I, uh, okay. I, I'm going to put it out there that I think it's one of the most popular University of Maine videos ever, but you are correct. David Hanley has a worldwide following in how to grow raspberries. How many views? Do you, any idea? You know, I looked at it at one point in time and I can't even, I mean, it's it's in the hundreds of thousands, but I don't remember exactly how many. I'm going to go click on it and I'll add one more to that. And finally, just as we wrap up, we always like to ask these questions about looking out five to 10 years. What might we see? What what kind of innovations are we being forced into because of pandemic or, or just that we hope are going to happen? What do you see as uh, new roles to fill, new things that are going to come up opportunities as we look forward here that uh, Cooperative Extension through the university might make happen? Oh, I love questions like this. Uh, I, I would defer to the president if she would like to answer it first. Sure, I'll, I'll take a stab and, and Hannah will have, um, you know, more to say, I know. You know, I think the pandemic has taught us a lot and uh, we've talked about pivoting and we've, we've demonstrated that we can do that and we've uh, demonstrated that people can be pretty excited about the new work that they've pivoted to. And uh, so I don't want to lose that, right? I want us to always keep keep this view that we can be adapting and adjusting and um, even looking a little bit ahead as we move into the future. But at the same time, I, I find the pandemic has opened things up in very different and new ways for us. And I don't want us to lose that either. You know, with so much being online, even with the video on how to grow raspberries as an example, right? Humane can be a resource and an asset, not just in this state or even in New England, but worldwide. And we are, but in pockets. And wouldn't it be cool if our identity became one of, that's, that's a go-to place for so many kinds of um, areas. And 
we can we can become more flexible about the 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 offerings that we have. We're very good, excellent at full pr- programs and courses and you know um, degrees of different kinds. But I think the pandemic is showing us that we can change up the schedules. We can change up modalities. We can work to be more accessible to folks who have schedules that might not permit them to be with us um, synchronously, but make things available asynchronously. And I don't, I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that we can be a bigger and broader and more expansive place based on things that we tried and that worked during the pandemic. And then the last point I would add is, of course, focusing on our students. They've experienced the pandemic too. Some of them for, it will be half of their college career. And uh, their resilience, their ability to adjust and adapt, um, we need to be sure that that becomes, uh, for them, a strength that they understand that they have and that they take out into the world as they pursue their own next steps. And so we, we want to be a place that is well known for all of those kinds of things. Hannah, final thoughts? And I would absolutely uh, agree with President Fernie Mundy. I, I once used the analogy, and I, I think this is going to be so true moving forward in the future, of the University of Maine will really meet people wherever they are on their continuum of learning. So if we think about it, whether it's whether it's K through 12, you know, programming that happens that we're a part of, whether it's our 4-H program. So, you know, and then go into certainly the students that are here on campus or the students that come to the University of Maine, whether in an undergrad or grad degree program. But then again, I love this idea of lifelong learning. And I think that is really critical. And again, you know, if people want to come, we'll go back to how to grow a raspberry. If they want to come in for one learning experience, that's great. But also, as we look at the future and we look at the future needs and we talk about workforce development, you know, it may be that they need, you know, several key courses that we have that we bundle up as a certificate because it meets the needs of their employers. And again, as we think about how do we make the state, you know, increase capacity of the state, I think the University of Maine is going to have a role in that. And so, again, across the life of an individual, just because of the opportunities that folks are going to have to engage with the university. It may be a four-year degree program. It may be a four-session learning opportunity. Who knows? But we will be there, again, with that high-quality education for them to be a part of. Well, if we end up doing this again, I hope we can do it in person, but I I appreciate you both uh, taking the time to to visit with us today. Thanks very much, Ron. It was fun. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for checking us out as we get off and running on season four. You can find all of our episodes in a number of places, Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Send us your thoughts or comments if you have any at mainquestion at maine.edu. This is Ron Lisnett. We'll catch you next time around on The Main Question.